Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. And I saw that bird get a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue what was throwing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. It's actually attacked two railroad workers, uh, killed livestock. You know, just a lot of weird stuff that was going on. www.squatchcoffee.com and with me as always is my good friend and latest um, creation uh, by Richter uh, Shane Corson (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'll tell you what that guy uh, he makes me look better than I actually am but I'll tell you what 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 an artist and his his uh, talent is just so unique. It's crazy. Uh, I've admired his stuff for years now, years and years, and uh, I'm honored that he he actually, uh, for what it's worth, but, man, uh, super stuff. <laughs> really, really looks like you've been working out. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'm working out just a little bit, just, just for that portrait, so. <laughs> So, yeah, I I, uh, I I just I just saw that before uh, I was getting ready for the show, and uh, I'm sure we'll be posting that up in the Monster X uh, Facebook group. So <laughs> check out Shane right. Shane uh, Topless in uh, it in our Facebook group here after the show. <laughs> so t- today we have got. Uh, one of our, these are always one of my favorite shows doing the the encounters shows we've got a couple of uh eyewitnesses that are going to share their encounters with us and uh speaking of encounters you got you were up in Washington recently 
with uh, Larry and Shelly, and uh, and uh, I think Randall you met up with yeah and uh, Nathan Nathan New York yeah yeah and uh, you I know they'd had some interesting stuff. We had Shelly on the show a couple weeks ago, and and she was I mean just. I don't know what else it could have been from the description that they made, but they had um, something walk through their camp area um, on a on a previous trip, and you had gone or recently, and then you yeah. and Larry went up to to uh, spend the night up there. And um, how'd that go? You know, when um, you know, I think we kind of mentioned a little bit on on this, the uh, couple weeks ago on the show with Shelley, but uh, you know, uh, when we had arrived up there, we really didn't have much go on. Um, I woke Larry and I had woke up pretty early the following morning after spending the night out there and being filled on filled in on all the events, and we didn't really have a whole lot go on. Uh, though when we woke up early next morning, we took a little walk and sat outside camp and, and had a couple of really good uh, knocks. Uh, I, I'm not sure what made them, but there were some pretty solid knocks. That, and I ran up and grabbed my recorder and went back down there and sat there for a while and away from camp and recorded quite a few good um, good knocks, you know, and coming from two to three different areas. So that was, that was pretty fascinating and uh, got filled in on what took place up there in Washington in a very scenic, beautiful um, very wildlife-filled area, and uh, got to listen to the audio and hear what had happened, and I was just, you know, I was pretty blown away, and, um, you know, uh, just with the events that took place uh, previously before we had arrived, uh, with Shelley and Nathaniel had heard and seen, and uh, so that was that was very exciting, and, you know, the following morning after Larry and I had recorded those knocks, we took a walk out to a uh, like a, a field where we, we discovered, you know, obviously there had been a lot of elk on that area laying down. So a lot of elk in this area found them their bedding areas and stuff like that and scat and tracks. And we were making a big loop back to camp on a, on a, uh, like an old logging road or whatnot. Uh, Larry had, uh, was, I don't know, probably 50 feet in front of me. <clears throat> saw him bending over looking at something. And he said, Hey Shane, come check this out. And I walk up and, Sure enough, he had found um, what I consider a very good impression, a very good impression of, and I posted pictures, I believe, in, in uh, yeah, I did on Monster X on our Facebook page of, of some of the pictures I took, and uh, it clearly looks like a, a, a foot, a, and a very good foot impression. Um, see where the heel has, you know, displaced the soil, and you can see uh, a large toe and other toes, and it's just, it's just, it's a big foot, it's a big foot. And uh, so uh, that was very, uh, that was about a quarter mile from camp in an area where there was knocks and, and other things going on. So it just really added a really compelling piece to the the puzzle and, and, uh, and you know, whatnot. So I thought the, overall the trip that we took up there, um, though we didn't experience what they had experienced, you know, with the, the siding and things being thrown at camp and the knocks and everything else, uh, we did a, get to add a piece of the puzzle. So I was very excited about that. Yeah, and yet I was looking at the pictures. You, sh- I got to see them on your phone, and and uh, I had looked them up when you posted them on the Monster X group. But that, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, I don't know what else, you know. It's either some kind of weird soil anomaly, which is 
would be odd, but I mean it. It looks like a a giant foot. Um, I, I was I was impressed by the big toe. I mean, it's yeah. really clear, you know, all the but, and you don't get that that too often. You know, everybody wants to get that pristine footprint, and that that was pretty good. Um, and we were talking, it, you know, it it did not, it was not in conditions that that lent themselves to where you could actually cast it, though. Um, no, that, no, it was a very was fine a silt. Uh, you know, as I was approaching it. The dust for me walking on this road just it kind of covered the the track a little bit, the impression a little bit, and so I was a little disappointed. Even with um, if you had some hairspray and you kind of doused it with that, or it would have just blown this thing. You know, it was a fresh impression. Whatever had left it there, it was fresh, and so uh, it would. You know, I'm sure. You know, we went back a couple hours later. It might have been gone because there was a little bit of a wind, and so it would just it would have flattened this thing. It was just that fine, but it was. Uh, maybe you could have cast the heel, possibly, because it was indented. Yeah. It displaced the dirt. It's a little bit deeper. But uh, everything else might have been gone, you know, and, and uh, that's unfortunate. And we were in rather a hurry, so I didn't have a whole lot of time. I had to be somewhere, and uh, it, th- those events were unfortunate. But uh, finding that was uh, exciting. And, yes, there was only one, and we did look for others with the amount of time we had. But it had basically stepped where it was stepped on the road and then back into the uh, the woods and it's pine needles and you you wouldn't find anything. Uh, it was very dry, obviously. Uh, Washington, Oregon, been very dry. Pacific Northwest in general has been very dry, and so to find an actual uh, trackway uh, would have been very difficult. It wasn't high brush; it was all level stuff, uh, needles and leaves and and hard soil. So we were lucky that whatever had stepped on that road stepped in the right place. And also, we could have walked right by that. It, the funny thing was, the, it was early morning, so the light happened to just um, shine on it just right. Otherwise, we may have walked right by it, uh, just with the shadows and everything in play. Um, but once, you know, thank thank God Larry was being um, patient in his walking and very observant and, and did come across that. Uh, and so, um, yeah, one of, one of the better impressions uh, I've seen, uh, especially in person, uh, in a long time, so... Well, the thing is, I mean, the context of the other activity that had happened in in that area in in the day surrounding uh, when you guys were up there. I mean, there was raw. I mean, uh, multiple uh, occasions of things being thrown into camp and and some vocalizations and and mm-hmm. and some some something that was upright. And appeared to be bipedal in, at night. Both Shelley and Nathan saw, and I again when we were talking to Shelley on the show a couple of weeks ago, I, I they had started to talk about it, and she she stopped them and said, "Let's you know, let's wait, let's not discuss it, so that we fill in each other's blanks. Let's mm-hmm. let's right. talk about it tomorrow." And then they independently drew um, pictures, and the way you describe it, it looked like you know two frames of a movie, like. This is what she saw, and what and what Nathan saw were so so uh, close that they just fit together. It's, I mean, I, you know, that's that's cool. That it's a uh, an excellent area. I've never made it out there, it's, but the way even Larry described it, just you know, uh, a, a plethora of of wildlife and and uh, mm-hmm. 
just was cool. So yeah, and and absolutely, Shelly did something very unique that uh, you know by by saying, hey, you know, people waking up that were asleep at the time, and uh, after they had seen whatever. You know, um, and people want to start talking about it and do this. And Shelly's like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Let, let's, I, I need to uh, not be, you know, basically tainted. Let, let, you know, I don't want to uh, have your ideas into my head. Let's, you know, with Nathaniel, she said, let's, let's draw this up. Before we talk, draw what you saw because you, you claim to have seen it, and I'll draw what I saw. And it was just like a, a still from a, you know, a movie. It was, you know, uh, it, he, she saw part of it. Uh, walking in one direction, and he saw the part of it walking in the well, same direction, but the other part that she did not see, and it was very fluid. As and also fluid was the description of it walking. It was very fluid, not bobbing up and down. Um, uh, how it covered the space between the trees. It was the blue moon, so it covered, you know, in between the trees. Uh, the light would disappear because the thing was rather large and tall. And uh, Nathaniel claimed to have seen an arm swing, or uh, you know, so. It just really added credence to 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 the possibility of being a Sasquatch. Uh, didn't doesn't make sense for you know it wasn't an elk. Um, you know, uh, bear bear don't walk like that. Uh, so they do walk bipedally sometimes, but not not what to to, to the uh, not to the uh, description of what they they claim to have seen. So yeah, I mean just. Good stuff, and just well done with their the research techniques. I was really uh, uh, excited about the whole thing. Very cool. Well, you and I went out <laughs> Friday night up in our research area and decided to uh, uh, stay out there. They were talking, you know, there were report Larry and, and uh, Cindy came up for a while, and uh, you know, we knew it was going to rain, and and uh, it turned out to be a very interesting night. Uh, I don't know how long we've been asleep before the thunder and lightning started. Um, we've needed the rain here in Oregon for sure, and it it dumped yeah. some buckets. Um, we didn't end up getting as much, like, they were talking about, like, an, an inch, anywhere from a half inch to, like, an inch and a half here. And, and uh, yeah. I, I read something last night where here on the coast, it, we'd gotten, like, less than a quarter of an inch. We got a whole hell of a lot of wind, Um Oh man! And blew down lots of trees, and and uh, actually, my I was at my place. Uh, the power was out for a good part of the day yesterday as a tree went over and took out some power lines and somebody's car. But uh, uh, it was uh, a winter-like storm in, at the end of August. So uh, yeah, yeah. You and I, you and I uh, got to experience uh, a uh, a thunderstorm up in the the coast range and it's you know it's a little disconcerting when the things have been so dry and you're you know seeing lightning and and uh it was close that went on for it was very close yeah 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 it, it was. was close you know and then we had wind after that too mm-hmm. yeah the whole scenario was you know i remember going well there goes our audio you know for out <laughs> there in the field uh, uh up until you know you know when it started getting rather crazy and uh, waking up and the uh, thunder and lightning and the wind and the heavy rain, you know, and, you know, that that stuff was close. I was thinking, yeah, you know, I wish I uh, wish, you know, weather could be predicted a little bit better because it wasn't, as far as I knew, supposed to be, have a, a thunderstorm that evening. It was supposed to be the following day. But uh, I, uh, anyways, uh, you know, that was a little disconcerting 
disconcerting, but uh, you know, we made it through and uh, we didn't get wet. Uh, you know, we we stayed fairly dry and uh, survived. You know, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was curled in a little ball crying. You could hear me whimpering over my tent. But <laughs> uh. <laughs> it, it, that was the first time that I had, you know, been out during a thunderstorm like that. And it, I mean, it was kind of cool. I was thinking you, today, I was like, I should have got up and just watched the thunderstorm. But, uh, yeah, it was it was, it was uh, interesting. Not, not a lot of squawky stuff going on that night. We, you know, some possible this and that, but yeah. nothing that was – We've had some pretty definitive things up there that that where we heard some sapping or we've heard a lot of vocalizations that that we put into the hmm pile because they we know that they weren't anything you know that we couldn't explain them easily by known animals so yeah well, we've got one of our witnesses is is David Ryback and. Uh, He's on the line waiting for us. I think it's time to. Uh, are you ready for David Shane? Absolutely. Let's let's get him on. All I right. know our viewers want to get to the get to these encounters. All right. Hi, David. How are you doing, Gunner? How are you doing, Shane? Hey, I'm doing good, buddy. Doing well. Thank really? you for thanks for joining us to, this evening on Monster X. You betcha. So uh, it's funny because. It's always I like six degrees of separation, like the Kevin Bacon game, because I got I met David at uh, Beachfoot, and like we're talking, and like he, my best friend in high school, um, his sister is is uh, David's sister-in-law. <laughs> so, That's right. Um, and, and you know, it, it's always funny as like you start talking to people and. And everybody knows where I own a grocery store right now, and of course I have Sasquatch Coffee, so everybody knows that I'm into Bigfoot, and they tell me their Bigfoot stories. But uh, always interesting how uh, when you start talking to people that you know they know some, they've either had some kind of experience, or they a lot of people know somebody who's had an experience. And uh, and David has had uh, an interesting encounter. So, Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, I mean, what what do you do for a living, and and then we'll get into your encounter. I've been a logger for pretty much my whole life, so it'd be 33 years now, and uh, my encounter just happened one afternoon in the middle of winter. Well, it's going on 14 years ago now. Um, I was driving into one of our logging jobs, in uh it was in Lincoln County, kind of on the Lincoln County, Tillamook County line. And as I was heading into the job, um I needed to find a place to get out of the way for a loaded log truck to come out because the road we were on is pretty narrow, not a whole lot of turnouts. It just so happened I needed to take a nature hike and take care of a little business, so I drew up a little side road and parked and got out and hiked into the timber and was doing my business, and this particular day was a typical winter day on the coast range. It had been lightly snowing that morning and kind of turned to just heavy rain showers and hail, and 
by the time this happened, it was early afternoon, and it was starting to get a little bit better weather-wise. And I was in the uh, stand of some nice old-growth timber, and when I was there doing what I was doing, the sun happened to come out for just a few seconds, and a column of sunlight came through the canopy of the of the timber, and it landed right on a spot that I'd kind of just been gazing at and what I thought I had been looking at as a big old growth stump was somebody looking at me, squatted down looking at me, kind of trying to hide between a big old growth tree and a small reprod tree. And it was camouflaged so perfectly. If if that's, if the sun had not have hit on that exact spot, I would have never saw it. It looked so much like a stump. But time that I, I noticed it, it was like it realized I saw it and it got up then and took off and it walked about 75 feet up over the ridge and down the other side and out of my sight. And that was that. The whole thing only lasted maybe 15, 20 seconds in that amount of time. It kind of changed my life. Well, and we talked about this at, at length because um, I always talk about the doorway that people have that, you know, when you haven't had a that confirmation experience where you actually see one and uh, you walk through the doorway from what what is or are they to what are they. And uh, it was... Yeah, it definitely changes your perspective on things. <laughs> and prior... And, Prior to your encounter, had you what was your context basically of of uh, Bigfoot? Well, I was always open-minded to it, but in the occupation that I do, you don't really talk about it a whole lot. But I thought, you know, if it'd be like in the Cascades or up in British Columbia or something like that, but not coast, the Oregon coast and all places and of course that changed that day. And what but, uh, what exactly what I mean you, you you saw this thing what exactly did you see? I mean did you make out any detail on this this figure? Uh obviously it, you know it uh opened your mind that uh Sasquatch is possibly out there but uh did you see any detail uh, anything else that stuck out uh, Stood out well, in your, your mind. The thing that stood out to me was at first was its face, because the first thing I spotted was its two eyes. You know, it had dark eyes and kind of a broad, flat nose. But if it wouldn't have looked at me, or if it would have kept its head down, even with the sun shining on it, I wouldn't even have noticed it because it. It was camouflaged so perfect, and it, and it was not black. It was a real reddish brown. I mean, just just like you would, with an old stump that was half rotted and and half had bark on it. You know, it gets that reddish color to it. That's what it looked like. But the first thing I noticed was its eyes, and then it kind of startled me because at the first thought I had was, oh, my God, there's a man over there watching me. But then I, I realized this thing was covered from head to toe in hair. 
and it was squatted down in a resting position with its arms on its knees and uh, was just, I think was just trying to hide from me. And it was doing a pretty good job of it until the sun came out. Oh. <laughs> and that, the and length the, of the, that was interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the, I was going to say the, the length of the hair. Can you describe maybe the length of the hair? Was it was it matted? Was it fine? Uh, you know, any any anything about the hair that you saw that kind of uh, you, you can share about? It wasn't it wasn't matted, and the the part I remember the most was on its right forearm. Because when it turned, it turned that the way where it was exposing its right side to me, and I could see like the muscle definition in its arm with the hair flowing over it. And if I had to describe it and compare it to something, I would almost say it was like horse mane. You know that that texture of hair being it was it was not fur at all. And, and well, that, I guess which, probably six yeah. to eight inches long. Okay. We had talked, I mean, uh, we actually met again at, at Peter Burns' 90th birthday party and, and chatted pretty extensively, and I asked you if you'd come on Monster X to share your encounter, which I appreciate. Uh, the, the idea that maybe if it had, like you said, if it was, had been looking down and uh, and hadn't looked up and then – the you initially thought it was a stump. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it would have been looking looking down or look, had its head turned the other way where it wasn't exposing its, its facial features. I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I mean, just, even though I was staring right at it, it to me, it was still a big stump. And and subsequent to your, your encounter, who who did you tell about I mean that well, that was that's always interesting. I I never told anybody at work and to this day I've never really discussed it with anyone at work, but that day I told one of my closest friends when I got home from work that night and then some of my family members for several what, years. What, I, Dave, what was their response? My family was a little bit uh, in awe at first, they definitely believed it was like, you know, they weren't weren't sure that th- that could exist. But then after that, they were very interested and open to it and wanted to learn more then. And, um, and then my brother-in-law, he was pretty open to it, and he's also a logger. And, you know, he says... Pretty, pretty confident in his mind that they're out there. Mm-hmm. So, you, you, yeah. So, so you have, you have, you, you know, since this encounter, we'll get back to the, the encounter. But since this encounter, you've talked to other loggers and whatnot, uh, and and they've have you have you heard any other stories or encounters from other loggers specifically, or just anybody else? Well, I haven't heard any specifically or directly to you know told to me, but just secondhand um, of a few uh, timber cutters that have seen one, you know, coming out of from their job site one afternoon. But uh, you know, other than that, I you know I don't hear a whole lot. 
you know, from, you know, guys I work with or anything. Because like I say, the guys I work with, for the most part, don't even know that I had an encounter. Right. You know, it's just one of those things in the, the industry you just don't talk about, I guess. You know, you know what? Don't, don't feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've talked to other loggers. I've talked to other people in the industry, and it's just uh, something that's not really discussed, you know, uh, at all. Uh, and there's, I know of others that have had encounters uh, similar to yours, uh, but uh, they just don't talk about it. It's just it is what it is, and uh, they don't want the ridicule. They don't want the uh, limelight. They don't want to be questioned, uh, you know, for their sanity. <laughs> Or maybe right. for that matter. So, surprising. Uh, you know, I don't find that surprising whatsoever. Uh, have you have you um, uh, had any uh, any? I guess when you're out there doing your logging, have you come across anything unique? Uh, not not specifically talking about like a, a Sasquatch, another Sasquatch item. Anything that peculiar to you while out while out there logging, you know, say nests or, or something of that nature, anything, uh, or, or weird stick formations that people claim to come across, anything like that? You know, I have not, not in the, in the part of the business that I am involved in. Um, the only thing I could say is maybe uh, vocalizations <laughs> that were odd to me that, you know, were something I had not heard before or could relate to a particular animal, um, just things like that. But, you know, I never really thought much about them at the time that they'd happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's also a lot of talk nowadays about uh, government conspiracies or whatnot where they know these things are out there, the BLM, the whole nine. Uh, what's your thoughts on on the government or, you know, the BLM or these other land bureau management groups uh, knowing Sasquatch exists and not talking about it. What, what are your, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, just from the, the people that I know that are like higher ups with timber companies and whatnot, I don't know that I really buy into it too much, you know, because, I've I've talked to one guy that uh, I work with that I hadn't haven't told him of my encounter, but I'll uh, just kind of get on the subject once in a while. And if there was anything that the timber company was doing to cover it up, I think he would have mentioned it. But you know, he he doesn't say anything to that effect. You know, other than he's ran into a few people that were allegedly out looking on some of the private ground, you know, one morning in particular. And then up where you guys were doing your research there Friday, he talked to a fellow that had said he'd saw one up by a rock pit there. But, uh, you know, he didn't say anything that would have, led me to believe that they would try to hide anything like that. You know, he was more interested than skeptical, I guess you would say. Well, and that, it, it's almost like, I mean, you had, hadn't really talked to anybody um, about 
Paul, so no need really say, you know, hey, if you see a fake one, we don't talk. It was really your own personal decision. You didn't, oh, correct. You, know, you didn't feel comfortable yeah. asking, telling the people that you worked with that, hey, I saw a Bigfoot. Yeah, if if they were to bring it up and ask me if I ever had any kind of encounter, I, I would tell them. I wouldn't hide it. It's right. just I don't – I just – don't bring it up, you know, just not knowing how somebody is going to react. Yeah, it's more a concern that what people would think if you told them, hey, yeah, I got, I saw a Bigfoot. I mean. Exactly. And that happens a lot with people, you know, with witnesses. Is it, who the heck do I tell, you know, other than, than family and, and close friends? And and the clo- were you aware, because the your best friend that you told the story to were you aware that he had had a encounter at that time when you told him oh oh yeah that was the reason why i told him is because i okay. i'd remembered from 20 years earlier um about his little ordeal he had when he was cutting fur boughs and so i figured that he would be the one that i could at least talk to about it and yes. that was it. So him and so and my that, family. <laughs> and your, I mean, your family wasn't was a, a, they didn't they knew you and 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 didn't didn't give you a hard time about it. Oh no, not at all. Yeah. No, they were they were good about it. And uh, you know, the older I get, the less I care what other people think. So. <laughs> <laughs> the last few months, I have opened up with people a little bit more about it. Yeah. One of the other interesting things you opened up with was that this this sighting took place, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like in an old in an old growth kind of forest scenario or area. Right. Right. And and a lot of I don't know if you ever heard this or in in your talkings or ramblings, but a lot of people talk about these with the sightings how they occur around old growth, uh, you know, there seems there seems to be possibly some sort of connection with Sasquatch being seen around old growth or, or and whatnot. Uh, you got any thoughts on that? Well, you know, in my mind, I would think that they would be where, you know, anywhere because mm-hmm. the old growth is just in spotty locations anymore. It's not a, a vast area of it, so they would just it would be wherever they happen to be traveling through at a given time, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like the Til- the Tillamook Forest is pretty much all second growth from the right. the 30s and 40s after the big fires, and it's there's areas of, of nice timber, but there's really no old growth to speak of. You, you still get reports of sightings in that area. Yeah, very true. I, I agree with you. It, it, it wouldn't make sense just to be an old growth thing. Just a question that does come up from time to time about the old growth and its importance, and I don't know that it has one now because a lot of the sightings do occur yeah, nowadays in the secondary or third generation, whatever, uh, forest. So, um, yeah, just out there right, for, where, uh, yeah. Where mine was where mine happened at was a corridor of old growth that bordered second growth because where we were logging at, we were logging in second growth timber, but it just happened to border a corridor of some of old growth timber. So, 
And with, with this sighting, what was the uh, – when you saw this, this thing, was it uh, above you? Was there, like, say, a vantage point he could see you from? Was it on a hill, an incline, or anything of that nature? There was a draw between us, and we were both probably at almost an equal level. It might have been slightly higher than me at the time I saw it, but not much. And probably guessing it might have been at most 50 yards away from me. Yeah. And really close. <laughs> where it was at, it was kind of just off of a hog's back on a ridge line. And it only had to go a short distance up this ridge and over the top of it to get out of my sight. And uh-huh. that's exactly what it did. And when it when it got up and, and left, it was like intense doing everything it could to conceal itself from it would not cross any open spaces where I would see the whole thing at once. I would either see the upper half or the lower half. And of course it didn't take it but a few seconds to get out of my sight and gone. And at the moment I had no interest in pursuing it. I probably left there just as fast as it did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's kidding. Yeah, my, I mean, that was so. Your when you what was your rea- immediate reaction to when you see this this uh, legend come to life? Basically, that you know, oh, you're it, it you're kind of you're kind of in an exposed you know position there. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like I said at first, my first thought when I when the sun hit it was I thought it was a man, and I was like all of a sudden really embarrassed because I just got caught with my pants down by somebody. But then I, you know, obviously realized in a short order that it was not a man. But, uh, yeah, I was up and composing myself rather quickly at that point. And um, as soon as it was out of sight, I was almost back to my rig, and, and I just got out of there and just, I didn't even want to hang around for some reason. I I just wanted to to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about its movements? Can you describe its movement? Uh, was it long strides, short strides? Was it running? Uh, did you notice anything about the arms or anything that you know that made it just look uh, definitely not human-like or bear-like? Well, when it was going when it was going up the ridge line it was almost like it was using its arms, grabbing small tree limbs and stuff Ah. and helping it along. And uh, it moved really fast. And for as fast as it was going, it didn't make a lot of noise. I mean, I was going out the other way, and I was crashing through the brush like you wouldn't believe. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't make near the noise I did. (laughs) Was it? Was it a pretty fluid? Uh, did you see it bobbing up and down? Was or was it pretty fluid when it was going in the direction it was going? Uh, it was pretty fluid because I, I just was thinking of how easily it could move through the through the brush compared to me, and uh, it didn't. And it like I said, it was quiet, and it did, it could cover some ground pretty quickly. 
know, you know and that's, that's it didn't want to be there it, it was gone yeah yeah it seems like you, you kind of caught this thing obviously by surprise and they didn't want to be uh in the area that you were at it wanted to, to get it, it had realized it had been spotted uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I, uh, I think that too because you know the, the road that i was on the only reason i went up that road was because i had to go to the bathroom otherwise nobody goes up that road and it's a it's a gated private logging road. It doesn't get tourist traffic in there. Mm-hmm. Have you been back to this area? I mean, obviously you worked this area, but, you know, did you go at any time up there to check for any sort of impressions or tracks or anything like that? No. Um, after the counter, we probably worked up there another month or so. And, it was kind of difficult uh, trying to work and thinking in the back of my mind I saw. And, yeah, I, I never did go back until several years later. Um, I took Peter Byrne in there and showed oh. him where it was at. Yeah. Very good. And, you know, uh, can, you, you – you, you kind of briefly described the face. You said a, you saw a flat nose and eyes, and the eyes seemed dark to you. Uh, what what were your impressions of of the face? Did it look more human, more ape-like? And in, in just just with your you know with what you saw and had to go with. Well, to me, it was more human because you know, like I say, the first split second I I realized what I was looking at, I thought it was a man, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know, I realized it's, it's covered completely with hair. Yeah. It, uh, you know, and then the way it was squatted down there, you know, it was totally in a position like a man would be in, you know, hunkered down trying to hide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so was there was there hair around the face? Uh, did you notice anything like that? I mean, or was the, the hair uh, kind of encircling the face or, or I mean, this, Describe what you saw with with the with the face. Uh, you, you mentioned the dark eyes. Obviously, were the, are the eyes large? Uh, I don't I don't remember them being especially large, just dark, and the hair basically just kind of encircled the face, um, kind of beard like a little bit in the chin area. Huh. But uh, you know, like I say, this all happened in in just a matter of seconds, and I had to. Right try to process what i was seeing yeah 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 i'm not trying to trying to uh feed things into your mind or, and make you you see things you didn't obviously it was a, a short experience just trying to get you to recollect a possible you know right. the possibilities and and you described them well and and the hair you know the face fascinates me you said a a, a large flat you know broad nose and the dark eyes you, you didn't see any white in the eyes obviously no, did not. Not from the distance I was at, anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, uh, in the darkness of the eyes, it could have been just the the darkness of the skin around its eyes, too, that, you know, I spotted uh, the most or noticed the most. And, you know, well, and, and the, the skin face on the face was dark. Yeah, so the face was dark. It was dark. The, fa- the face was dark, and the the hair around it was like a reddish brown color. 
was it well, we talked with the, the sunlight the, uh, the way it was projecting down was it was the hair kind of shiny or eh, not not too shiny it was uh, uh it's hard to describe it yeah. wasn't like glistening or anything <laughs> it it was just it was just not black i mean that was one thing i remember is it wasn't black like you, you see a black bear and they're shiny black when you when you see him running this was not mm-hmm. that way at all it was just a, a reddish brown like dirt brown like you would stump gotcha one of one of the questions in our chat room um, from Digger was, uh, what what um, what exactly did you do um, as a logger? Were you a, a you know were you a faller, a hauler, a surveyor? i uh, actually a log truck driver. Okay, just a log truck, right? And you were probably so you were, one of the the first guy out there, I would imagine. Excuse me. You, you were you the first guy out in this area? You were probably there bright and early. Uh, no one else was around. Well, no, this was like at maybe um, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon probably. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah, this was mid midday. So basically you had a full load of logs and you were you pulled off because there were, you were on a narrow road and there was another, another truck coming in. No, I was coming in. I was the empty truck oh, coming gotcha. in. So gotcha. I so drove, I drove up. Yeah, I drove up the up the road to get out of his way so he could continue on. So basically, now you, and you went off off the you went into the woods a little bit to to, to do your business, and it's right. just such a such a chance encounter. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I went up this road just a short distance, probably a quarter of a mile or less up this road off of the main hall road. And there was a turnaround area that I could actually get my truck turned around in. So I, I turned my truck around and parked it there. And that's then I hiked down into the timber from there. And you had, you had, we, when we talked, you were talking about, you actually sat in your truck for a few minutes before you, you left it. Yeah, yeah. I, I went up the road and parked and turned around, and uh, I'd been on the radio talking with the other trucker, you know, finding out where he was at, so and letting him know I was out of his way. And so I'd sat in my truck, you know, easily a minute before I got out, and. I didn't go too far from where I was parked at. I had to hike down the bank a ways and into the trees. So it it had to have been there when I drove up the road. Yeah, that, that's uh, <laughs> it. I mean, it's, it's just crazy how how um, right place, right time. You know that that people have these encounters, and uh, your yours. I mean you. What's interesting to me, you have there there be no, uh, you know, motive motive for you to make up uh, an encounter like that, and uh, it, you know oh, it, it actually would be more detrimental than uh, exactly. So yeah, that's why I never really talked about it. 
it really adds to your credibility. Plus, I've talked to you, and, and just the way, you know, uh, your demeanor about it, and and uh, so after after your encounter, did it? I mean, did you look? Like, that's got to flip. Because you still you still go back to work and and are in the woods, you know, all the time. Uh, does, did it like turn on your Bigfoot radar? <laughs> well, the day it happened was on a Friday, so I had the whole weekend. All I did was think about it. Actually, I think about it yet, but that particular weekend, you know, that was all I could think about. And then Monday morning, going back to work, it had snowed that night. And when I started in on the logging road, I got, uh, there's a, a little bit of a hill you had to climb when you first come off of the highway starting in the logging road. And I got up almost to the top of the hill and I see footprints going down the middle of the road and up a a little side spur. So I instantly thought I was seeing tracks from this thing I'd seen on Friday. So I stopped and got out to look and, uh, it was just boot tracks from somebody that had walked in to play in the snow or something. But in, in, in the meantime, I stopped where I shouldn't have stopped. And then I was spun out in the snow at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning <laughs> and <laughs> had to put my chains on to get going again. And of course I, I'm thinking fine. Something's watching me now. <laughs> real, real paranoid. <laughs> So now, I mean, and you're still a log truck driver today. Oh, yeah. So, yep. I mean, are, are you always kind of uh, looking now that, you know, you've had that that experience? Oh, yeah. Um, whenever I'm traveling in on logging roads, I'm always looking into the timber and, you know, looking for the stuff that's not obvious and thinking they might see it again, but. To this day, I haven't saw it again. <laughs> but I've always, I always wonder now how often I have been watched and just not known it. You know, just doing my daily routine on my job. Yeah, because how? I mean, how far was this encounter from where? I mean, the logging activity was taking place. It's uh, probably three or four miles. Okay, so so a good distance still. So yeah, it, it it wasn't right on the on the the job site. It was on the road going into it. Interesting, you say that. Uh, you wonder how many times that you've been watched. Because I, when I was driving out of our uh, research area this week, and I'm thinking, I wonder how many, you know, if I've ever looked. I've actually seen a Bigfoot as I'm looking, because I'm always looking off the road and just not being able to identify, you know, what it, oh, that absolutely. my brain can pick it up. Yeah, I mean, because there's so much, you know, the first thing for us is what is the movement. Um, you were close enough that you actually could, just the right, like, circumstances and, and conditions. Like you said, if, if the sun hadn't come out, I mean, basically, you were looking right at it before the sun came out. Isn't that correct? Exactly. Just gazing in that direction, and, you know, because 
is just noticing the, the nice uh, trees because they're such big old growth fir trees and you know and just thinking I was looking at a stump next to a big tree and and it ended up not being just a stump. <laughs> and when we, you and I talked, we if it, 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 the, the light conditions hadn't you know hadn't changed all of a sudden and and you you right, could have been looking it, at it and and walk away thinking all you saw was a stump. Oh, absolutely. If if the sun had to come through the trees, I would have finished what I was doing and got up and walked away and never even noticed it there. And the the fact, of course, when it got up and walked away, that kind of indicated it wasn't, oh, <laughs> crap, it's not a stump. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's uh, it. I really appreciate you coming on and and uh, sharing your encounter with us. Um, and well, it was I, my, I, I, my pleasure. It makes, me, it makes me, you know, curious as how many other uh, people in your profession have have had incidents. And and like you say, it's kind of almost almost sounds like something that I mean, if I was in your if I was a logger, it wouldn't be something that I'd feel real comfortable sharing with uh, my coworkers and stuff. You know, so it makes me wonder if there's. It's kind of almost like a don't ask, don't tell. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind, kind of, of thing that where, kind of a deal. Yeah, because you don't want people. Like, yeah, you don't want. And I've met other witnesses, and they don't know who to talk to, and or or they just like you just told a few few people. In fact, um, one of the gentlemen that I talked to had you know had shared it initially with some uh, family members and was basically. They gave him a, such a hard time. He didn't talk about it for another thirty years. So, yeah, I didn't get that response from my family. They were pretty open about it. And, mm-hmm. That's uh, cool. Well, it was kind of helpful. Before we take off, uh, I, I got two quick questions for you, and they refer back to the the sighting. And one is, did you notice any expression on the face at all? And and the other question is, did you see any you know did you see its fingers or hands? Uh, uh, you know, you mentioned the arms grab, grasping and swinging. Do you see anything? Uh, can you describe those? Those, uh, if you if you saw anything like that? Well, I, the expression on its face was just, you know, it wasn't like it was like blank. It was just looking at me, and um, the hands were like draped over its kneecaps and. In sort of a fashion, you know, when you're resting on your haunches with your hands on your knees, it was basically like that. And when I when I noticed it, you know, it was like almost instant that it got up, so I didn't get to stare at its face for a, a you know too long yeah. of a stretch of time. But it turned around, and it was on a there's a little bit of a slope from the spot it was sitting hiding between the, the big tree and the, the reprod tree. It had to climb like a, I, I would guess, maybe a four-foot little dirt bank. And it turned and went up that bank and then and then went at an angle up the ridge. And it was going behind every little tree it could find to, like, conceal itself from me. So, I would you know, I could see the trees moving, and it was like he was grabbing them 
and pulling them around and stuff like that. Yeah. It never looked back at you as it was going back up uh, to disappear? It ne- it never- nope. It never looked back. It was like it was on a mission to get out of there. Well, you described uh, almost to a T many of the reports that I've taken in. I'm sure Gunner's taken in, and, and those that are out there uh, with with the fashion that this this thing took off. You know, some you know I've, I've taken in reports where they they do look back, but a lot of times it's just it's okay. I've been uh, I've been seen, and and it's like get the heck out of Dodge sort of scenario. So uh, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. <clears throat> Well, that's what this one did. It was in no time was out of sight, and of course, I was out of sight the other direction too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it, it's been a pleasure uh, uh, listening to you, and, and, and thank you so much for sharing your um, sharing your, your your encounter. It uh, it's uh, very fascinating and. Uh, you have, you know, I hope others that are in, in this industry um, do come out and share because I, I know there's more. I know there's more. I've taken in a few. In fact, some that don't want it on air and don't want it shared. They just shared it with me. They don't want any limelight or publicity or anything like that, and they don't want to be ridiculed. So I hope others come out and share and, uh, and uh, you know, like you did. Uh, like you said, you're getting you know, a little bit older in age, and you just don't – really care <laughs> that that's right that. so maybe i can get some people to talk <laughs> exactly you know and that's 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 my hope uh the more that can can share uh the better and and especially in these industries that like with what you're in uh you guys are out there all the time and you know mm-hmm. it was a it was a chance occurrence you know it wasn't uh you know you went out to uh relieve yourself and bam there it was <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I spent the last 14 years thinking about it, trying to justify in my mind what did I see. And, exactly. You know, it's the only thing that it could be. Well, keep your uh, keep your eyes peeled, and and if you ever uh, uh, come across uh, something of this nature again, please you know please reach out to us. Or if you you hear another encounter from another you know fellow worker, um, please please do share. You know, uh, there's a lot of people out there that that love to hear this stuff, including myself, and that have had encounters. So, uh, you know, once again, thank you. You betcha, guys. Keep up the good work. All right. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. See you soon. Bye. So pretty pretty compelling. I mean, what a a chance thing that, you know, you you go off to uh, take care of Mother Nature and – and there just happened to be, you know, a squash of right conditions, you know, perfect, and and otherwise you would not have seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and that 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 is, you know, way he explained things happens all the time. You know, whether it's a hunter, a hiker, uh, you know, uh, where was you know I have to ask, you know, if it was a Sasquatch, where was it originally? You know, maybe he was coming up the hill and it it was like oh crap and hunkered down, and then mm-hmm. you know he locked eyes with it. And it was okay. I've been discovered, and decided to flee. You know, and how many times have you know you or I or anybody else out there been in the woods, and and you know been in a sim- similar scenario where we didn't lock eyes, or you know this thing was not uh, seen because he described it as almost like a it was almost like a stump, 
It was almost yeah, like he the, initially the, thought the, that's what he was looking at. Right, yeah. the color, the, um, yeah, the whole nine. Yep. No, and it, I, like I said, I, I talked to David at length about his encounter um, at, and we talked a little bit about it at Beachfoot, but then um, at Peter's 90th birthday party, mm-hmm. we he and I talked quite a bit about it. And and uh, it just you know uh, uh, it it there's that doorway again of people you know before before you have even even bigfooters that haven't had the the confirming you know uh, confirmation sighting uh, and uh, I'm still standing on the other side of the doorway I know you've passed through <laughs> so <laughs> you know I still I still say I'm at 98 percent that they exist but. And save the two percent for my own uh, confirmation encounter. Because for all I know, you could just be batshit crazy. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I hope not. But, <laughs> but no, I mean it's just um, great encounter. And and again, a total chance. I think what you say, he if he was moving through the woods and how he described how he exited the woods, being it it knew he was there before. You know, oh yeah, saw it. So, yeah, so pretty cool. And, I really appreciate yeah. you. And uh, yeah, I uh, absolutely. I appreciate his his his, his that. Uh, you know, I mean, he admits this was a chance occurrence. He's not seen anything since, and uh, uh, and he, you know, he has nothing to gain from from sharing this other than he's just getting back to us to what he had seen, mm-hmm. and uh, that adds a lot of credence in my book. And yeah, no, fantastic. And the interesting thing is his best friend had a, uh, not a sighting, but a encounter mm-hmm. that um, our friend Cindy and, and uh, Barb interviewed uh, Dave's best friend about his encounter. So and yeah. I'm sure that Dave yeah. at that time shared his with them as well. But, and um, his best, his best friend is actually somebody I went to high school with. So it was like, uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. There, you know, there the the coast range has. I mean, when you get out in it, you say, if they exist, why wouldn't they be here? You know, there's plenty of of food and 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 it's vast, and a lot of it is seldom. Uh, you know, people come in on the perimeter of it, but they seldom get in very very far into the forest. And people say hunters. Well, hunters do have have You know, the people that that you would expect to have run into Bigfoot occasionally mm-hmm. do, do actually have things that, that have encounters. Um, right. Davis proof that loggers have encounters that do loggers go around, you know, publicly talking about their encounters. Not probably not very often. And, and for the reasons that they've said, and what, you know, we talked about is, you know, who, who's going to believe you. And, and these are guys you have to work with and, and, uh, right. Actually, depend on for your safety sometimes. So <laughs> you don't really want them thinking you're unstable. But but you know, as you get older, yeah. you care a little bit less about what people think. And and uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. So yeah. we have another uh, guest that has come on to to uh, share their encounter. And uh, this is. Is Jamie is and Jamie's waiting for us to uh, to bring them on. So yeah, let's uh, yeah. bring Jamie. Jamie, Jamie, are you there, Jamie King? Yes, I'm here. Hey, 
Hey, man. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on Monstrex Radio, and uh, yeah, and we we look forward to talking to you. Um, I hope you're having a great day. But uh, to get down to the nitty gritty, um, do you mind telling our audience and ourselves a little bit about yourself and your background? Anything you can share? Um, there? I'm from Pennsylvania. Um, I work in shipping and receiving, and I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say about me. I'm just pretty normal. Um, my wife and I had our Bigfoot experience shortly after my father passed away. I'll just go right into my Bigfoot experience for you. That's fine, yeah. Go right ahead. Um, it was shortly after he passed away, and I was kind of in a very negative place, and I just needed, like, a new energy. And we went out for a hike on this turkey trail in Pennsylvania, and we were hiked all the way down to this reservoir, and we got to the bottom, and our dog, who's a beagle, who's normally, like, way out in front of us, was right at our legs, and she was whining and shaking, and she wanted picked up. And my wife and I looked at each other like, it's not normal for her. Like, maybe Shep's done with a bee or something, but we didn't notice anything like that. And no sooner than we picked her up, we heard a vocalization that was so loud. It was, um, you could feel it vibrate in our chest. You could, we watched a puddle on the ground in front of us ripple, and we were watching trees in front of us shake. And at that point, we both just looked at each other. We didn't say anything. It was like kind of, just looked into each other's eyes and we really didn't say a whole lot. And we kind of made an agreement to just, like, start hiking out. And as we were hiking back up the trail, you could hear what behind us, heavy, like, it was, you could hear heavy walking and you could hear what sounded like it was almost on both sides of us, like, on the left and then on the right. And it was a little, it was pretty terrifying. And then we got back to our vehicle and, um, didn't say a whole lot in the truck ride home, but when we got home, we started listening to animal vocalizations. And the strange thing is we put in, like, everything that we could think of. But to me, like, to both of us, we described, like, it was sort of prehistoric sounding. Um, then for whatever reason, I typed in Bigfoot vocalization, and this vocalization came up from, it's called the Ohio Howl. It's um, recorded by Matt Moneymaker, but... When we listened to it, it was almost identical to what we heard. Wow. Are you, you're pretty familiar with the Ohio Howl? Oh, yeah, and I think most of our audience yep. is. So uh, if not, we can post that in the, the our, in our Facebook group later. But uh, very familiar with that. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it stood the test of time as, you know, as far as being a, a very uh, unrecognized with known animals, you know, uh, howl. Uh, long and whatnot. So, I, yeah, I'm very familiar with it. Now, what were you guys doing out in this area to begin with, just going on a hike? Um, well, we, we hiked the Shenango a lot, so we're very familiar with it, but we went down this turkey trail, which is a turkey preserve, and we went down this um, turkey trail, and we were mostly just taking pictures and really just a different change of energy because I was kind of in a depressed state with my father passing away, and, you know, nature does change your your frequency, and the strange thing about this story is um, it's in different parts. Um, the day that we went on this hike, I said in my mind, you know, Dad, if you're here, give me a sign. And it didn't hit me till like, weeks later that one of the very last movies that I saw with my father was Harry and the Hendersons. And it kind of hit me. I was in the car, and I was like, that is so bizarre, you know, like that 
maybe there was some kind of correlation to that. I don't know. You know, like, yeah. I don't know how, how things work like that, but it maybe just a synchronicity. It may be just a coincidence, but it was in the same sense, very odd that I right. said that. Right. Well, I mean, going out there into this area, you obviously were going very solemn. You were, you were kind of depressed and whatnot. So you weren't showing signs of being a, a predator, a hunter, or anything like that nature. You were going in there, uh, rather, I guess you know, sad and peaceful. Yeah. And you had this, you had this experience, and uh, you know, it's uh, sorry about your dad. That that's horrible. Um, yeah. But you did come away with something unique, possibly. Yeah. You know, with these vocalizations out there. Um, can you describe the area a little bit? Was is it? Can you see a Sasquatch being in this area? Well, I mean, the area is populated, but around the reservoir, there's not very many houses. But after the experience, I started researching more, and there's several um, Bigfoot-related stories, and it kind of, like, made me start... I started interviewing other people almost as, like, validation. And um, the story goes... There's two parts to the story, really. Like, we took our friend Roger back to the same location, and we hiked all the way down to the reservoir, and nothing happened, and we started walking back up, and we were almost to where our vehicle was, and we heard what sounded like um, a whistle. It sounded like a dog bark, and it sounded like a human saying something. And I told my wife she had both dogs. We had both of them with us at the time, and I said, get them back on the leash because I don't know what's going to come out of the woods at us. You know, like, I thought it was a person or a dog would come out. And she got the dogs back on the leash, and no one came out of the woods. So Roger and I walked over to the edge of this ravine that's really thick. Um, it's really thick underbrush and it kind of slopes downward. And we saw something rise straight up and it went straight away from us. But Roger was studying to be um, a game commissioner. So both of us went straight down into the area to check it out. But whatever went through there definitely went through fast. And it's not like a human couldn't go through there that easily because it's pretty um, straight down ravine. But the lake itself is pretty big. It's pretty large, and it's connected to other... Um, there's Pima Tuning Reservoir, and then there's Shenango Reservoir, and it connects into other waterways. And basically, you have Lake Erie above all of that. So there's, like, a lot of water sources around there. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd so, like to talk about so, that that part, the second part of your, your uh, experience out there. But the first part, you, you know, you mentioned the, the this, this vocalization that you and your... Uh, significant other your girlfriend had experience and you you said you'd felt you knew you know it you know almost vibrated or what you felt this sound kind of pierce your body correct yes you could feel it it, it, it was like a vibration and it was honestly like it felt like a dinosaur and i mean that's the way i would describe it that's how we both described it when we got home mm-hmm. and i mean nobody believes in dinosaurs right now but that's what it's right. had a prehistoric feel to it and almost like a 1940s war siren type thing. But it was definitely like a vocalization from an animal. It wasn't something mechanical. It wasn't a boat on the lake. But it yeah. left a vibration. Yeah, it left a vibration you felt. Now, now, how'd that make you feel physically at the moment? Uh, did it scare you? Did it surprise you? Did you feel any any sort of other ailments or anything from, from, from experiencing this? Oh, my wife is here with me. We really, we didn't feel anything like that. It was more like we both just kind of stopped 
talking and looked at each other and we were making kind of our speech with our our eyes, you know, like, let's get out of here. We didn't want to say anything, but it really didn't last all that long. It was very quick, but it was loud enough to leave an impression like I, this is no known animal that I've ever experienced and not so much frightening as it felt like it was more like a warning type thing. And that whole area, the area that we had this experience, if you go further back into, like, there's the reservoir and there's a, a, a stream that feeds into the reservoir, and you go beyond that, there's an area where a tornado had gone through, like, maybe 15 or 20 years earlier. So it's kind of all twisted and gnarled, and there's little dips and valleys in there. So, you know, I've gone back to the location several times since that, and I have not had anything in that exact location happen. But it's very, very eerie feeling back there, and, you know, you, you go back with a feeling of, like, a little bit of fear. But we still go there. Yeah, you still go there, uh, yes. obviously. And and have you guys experiencing other than you know the second part of your your uh, which we were talking about earlier? Have you guys uh, experiencing uh, since? And what are do you, I mean? What are some of the other uh, encounters or stories from this area? Um, really, what there's lots of other stories. There's um, there's a place that's not very far far from where this happened, where um, maybe three different witnesses have had an experience. It's called Hell's Hollow. And it's like I always heard these stories, and I thought they were like folk tales or something. But they really are true stories of like there was a Boy Scout camp um, where these Boy Scouts were playing um, Capture the Flag, and they had seen this Bigfoot, and their leader had seen the Bigfoot. And, you know, like Boy Scouts honor, they tell the truth. So, um We've actually interviewed a lot of people in that area. There was a woman that um, she was on a road that has a lot of, there's coal mining, and she saw an albino deer coming at her. She was on horseback, and she said it was like a very spiritual thing. Like she could almost put her hand out to touch it, and she said that it was coming right at her, and as she was reaching out, this thing rose up on the other ridge line and made a vocalization. And we compared notes, and her vocalization didn't match like the um, Ohio howl. Hers was more of a, almost like a ghost moaning, like you, you know, like you hear like the ghost moaning, yeah, in movies and stuff, like historical type things. And she described that to me. Um, but my wife and I now like interview people, and we've gone to different locations. But I have another story in Southern Ohio, and it was like a group of five of us. It was at Hawking Hills. And we hiked this power line kind of like they do on Finding Bigfoot. And when we got out on this power line at night, there was, like, millions of fireflies. It was, like, a very spiritual experience. Like, the sky lit up with all these fireflies. And we did these vocalizations like you see on Finding Bigfoot. And we got vocalizations back. But what made this really bizarre was at the very end, it had a tree thrown at us. So, I mean, Ohio and Pennsylvania are very... Bigfoot type areas that I probably before all of this would probably say not so much. Mm-hmm. In Ohio, the population is more than Pennsylvania. We have a lot more forest in Pennsylvania, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's well, really changed my it's changed my life really. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and that's that's the the running line. It does change your life if you experience something of this nature or, or have seen something. Now, in in this area, though. <clears throat> Um, what, I mean, was there, when you, with your first experience with the, 
the the, the sounds, the vocals. Yeah. What was the was it uh, you know was it dead silent out there? You know, I'm talking about nature in general, the forest. Was it really quiet? And and, and that falls in line with your your second experience out there. Uh, was it you know dead? Did, was well, there anything really weird going on, or just was it just another day out there? It was really just it was kind of another day out there, and I think maybe in 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 my in my mind, I just wanted peace. You know, like I came there and it was kind of to change my energy because, you know, like my father had passed away and it was just I wanted peace. And it felt that way until we got down to the bottom and our dogs started acting strange. And it did take on a different vibe in that not so much that there weren't animal sounds, but that my, the nature of my dog is not to do that. The nature is like a lot of times we have to chase after her because she's after a rabbit or you know, on a scent, different in that sense. But, and I think our dog probably sensed it way before we did. Mm-hmm. Well, it probably picked up on the sound, uh, you know, something moving around possibly and whatnot. I mean, yeah. that's all possible. You know, there were no sense associations. Like, I had no sense that um, you hear a Bigfoot has a smell. I, we didn't smell anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the uh, with the second part, you know, where you guys actually had a, a, a sighting of something, you know, uh, can you go a little bit more into detail, uh, you know, as to what this thing was doing, how it moved, and, you well, know, was it definitely moving by pedal? Did you see arms or anything? I mean, anything? Yes. You could see you could see the head, and you could see shoulders, and you could see arms, and it definitely went straight away from us. And I do know that it was definitely not, not human. It was definitely not a deer. I mean... My friend who's studying to be a game commissioner, he, he also said, you know, I don't know what we saw, but that is, it's, it moved very, very quickly, too. In an area, like, when we went down there, you could not move through there without, you know, a machete or something, because it's that thick. Like, Pennsylvania and Ohio has a lot of underbrush, so you have a lot of trees, but you also have a lot of underbrush coming up, like thickets and stuff and berry bushes and... A lot and, of that. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, but th- this has changed your life, uh, you know, so much so that you kind of, uh, you've become a researcher and in, 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 uh, research, uh, you know, the subject of Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Um, yeah. And, you know, so, so what have you been up to? You know, you have this, um, this you know, uh, well, you have this, uh, this It's original, a shared experience uh, that I can say. It's with um, the shared experience with my wife. And honestly, her her cousin is a psychologist, and we both went to her um, shortly after this, and we said to her, you know, like what this we both had this experience, and she she explained to us, you know, there's a lot of people that have experiences that they can't explain, and we kind of hooked up with other people that have had, you know, just things that they can't explain. There's a woman that we met that believes she's a preacher that believes that she was abducted by aliens, and we've met with her and we've talked with her and. A lot of times you have to question, like, did we really see this? And, you know, like, it is both of us that saw it. I mean, not, she didn't see it, but we both heard the Bigfoot the very first time. She didn't see it the, the second time. Gotcha. But so, you do have to kind of question your sanity a little bit. And her cousin explained right. to us there are lots of things in this world you can't explain. Yeah. Well, after after both experiences... Did, who did you talk to? Did I mean, were you uh, out there? You know, you got a couple different sorts of, of people that have these experiences. Some come out, you know, um, sharing in. Some other hunk. You know, the majority of people hunker down, don't don't share it, and don't talk about it. 
what was your nature? Did you um, go out and talk to people about it? Uh, you know, obviously you researched the subject. Well, no, I didn't. I don't fear talking about things that I don't understand to people because that's the way you learn. Um, and my wife and I both talk about it with each other, and we've talked about it with other people. And I think in the process of hearing other people's stories, you feel you have more confidence in knowing that your story is validated as well. You know, there's other people that have had the experience in that same area. And I guess I'm forgetting one part of this too. Um, we had interviewed a man who was describing his experience and he he described the exact same location, but 40 years earlier where he had his Bigfoot experience. Cause we were both standing when he was telling us his story. And then I asked him the exact location. My wife and I just looked at each other and we're like, that's the exact same place we had ours. Wow. Well, that's pretty, uh, Pretty unique. <laughs> pretty, yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Well, Jamie, how do you mind telling the audience how old you are? Uh, it was a question that came up. They were wondering how old you were. Uh, I'm 45, and my wife is 44. And and what's your experience? You know, it's got to be asked. You know, uh, what's your experience in the woods and uh, with animals in general? With you know, in these areas. I mean, it's an area that you obviously hiked a lot. Uh, yeah. And you know, so so, what's your experience with known animals and and vocals and all that? Uh, and uh, you know, you were out with a, a buddy, obviously, you know, the second time around. Uh, yes. That was suddenly being a game commissioner. So, uh, you got a lot of experience um, with known animals and, and and vocals and whatnot. And you know what's in I, those areas. I do. I, I grew up on um, 45 acres outside of Greenville, Pennsylvania. It's very rural. There's lots of forest. Um, I hunted when I was younger. I fished when I was younger. I, I'm familiar with the woods. So I know animal noises. I know what a bear sounds like. I've been bear hunting. I've been deer hunting. I know the grunts, the snorts of bear, or the snorts of deer. I know animals. So I know that this is absolutely 100% nothing that I've ever heard until I heard that Ohio howl by Matt Moneymaker. And Finding Bigfoot came to Ohio, and I wanted a chance to talk to Matt Moneymaker about the recording because it was it, it was pretty spot on to exactly what we heard. So, yeah. Yeah. No, no it's, it's my wife, truly remarkable. My wife, uh, remar- the, my sorry, wife is also she grew up in the country, so she knows um, the terrain and she knows animals too. Well, right, and the thing that sticks out in my head with your original encounter with the vocals is that you you guys felt it. I mean, you guys felt this. And can you? Did, how long was this call originally? This 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 uh, vocal or sound you heard? I mean, honestly, it felt like it was a long time, but it was probably literally maybe like eight seconds. But eight seconds with that sound and that close, it was it just was super loud, and it really stuck with us. I would put well, eight a, seconds is a long time, especially for a vocal. That's that's rather extraordinary. Yeah, it, it was like it was a a wailing type thing, um, a howl. It was just something that you really don't forget. And I and I oftentimes do still listen to the Ohio. I'll listen to the Ohio howl, and it. My dog. It's it's funny that I'll play that, and my dog will hear it, and my dog does not like it. Mm-hmm. So that that's unique too, and and you know with your your beagle there, I mean this dog's uh, you've taken the dog out obviously many times, and 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 it it showed signs of distress and and picked up on something out there uh, that uh, you picked up on that it was distressed. Yes. yes. 
Jane, yeah, this is Gunner. Gunner. Hey, you were, you were no. talking about, um, I mean, what was your context? I always like to know what people, it, context of Bigfoot was before they have an encounter. What was, I mean, were you a Bigfoot researcher before your encounter? Did you, did, had you read a lot um, of Bigfoot books or? No, no, to be honest, no. Um, Bigfoot really was not even on my radar with anything that would be like in Pennsylvania and Ohio, to be honest with you. And we both didn't really say Bigfoot right away. I mean, it took us a while to say Bigfoot, and when we heard that vocalization, and and to this day I can't really say it's Bigfoot. That vocalization, I can't just say 100% that was Bigfoot, but it was definitely the closest thing is that moneymaker. And to make the story even um to give it more validation is that we lived not that far from Wellsville, Ohio, where that was recorded. It's less than probably 40 minutes from where we live. Because we live so right on the Pennsylvania-Ohio line. So you have, so you're living your life. You just are out in the woods to, to get some peace after losing your dad. And, and you have this crazy encounter. And, and it's I, the impression I got is you went home and you started listening you know, what the hell was that that I, you know, I, we uh, had this experience and I liked some answers about what, what it could have possibly been. And it sounded like, to me, like one of the last things that you looked at was Bigfoot. I mean, you had looked at a lot of other animal sounds before it you, was the last you looked thing. at It Bigfoot. was the last thing that we looked at. But, but you know what I started researching even more is, and you 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 kind of have to do this, is I looked at it like, is this a consciousness? You know, like, I said in my mind, it's almost like a prayer that you're praying from one heart to another. It's a consciousness that I said, like, Dad, if you're here, can you give me a sign? You know, and not thinking, it took me a while to put that together, but not thinking that one of the very last memories of my father that was a very good memory was watching Harry and the Hendersons. And it, it's bizarre because I've never seen, I didn't see that movie when I was a child. I, I saw it when he was ill and we laughed about that movie, and and it was kind of funny because it was it's a funny movie, like to think that a Bigfoot living in a house with a person, but then to, you know, look back at this experience that we had, in a weird way, I asked for that. I don't know. I didn't think Bigfoot that day, but it could be just a synchronicity. It could be a coincidence that that was just a memory that I had with my father. But the cool thing is that I experienced it with my wife, so it's like I'm not crazy. She's with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and and so, uh, you know, <clears throat> go ahead, Gunner. No. Um, so, and that again is the the uh, you had you really didn't have a, a strong context. I mean, other than the fact that you watched Terry and the Hendersons, and then you have this experience, and it. You know, it seems like it was life-altering that it, you uh, yes, uh, um, got interested in the su- subject and started to actually investigate uh, your reports and talk to people. And, and I mean, what is your why, – why didn't you just have the encounter and, and then, you know, and you found, oh, okay, it probably was a Bigfoot and then and move on. What What is it about that encounter that made – uh, engaged you, your curiosity so much that you now like to, you know, you're going out and actually it turned, you became a Bigfoot researcher, basically. So, I mean, what what are you looking, searching for by being a researcher? 
you know, it's it's not research in the form of like I have to find Bigfoot or I have. It's more of like I want to validate my own experience. I want to validate what happened to me, and it's like if you're looking for Bigfoot, you could people could spend a lot of money going to different locations, but the best place that you can look is the place that you had your experience. So you're looking at like a micro study of your area, so you know what's there, what changes, what's different, and to me that that's what I'm doing. But in the same sense. Um, like my life changing because of this is I've had experiences in my life that I can't explain. And your life sometimes is like a puzzle that you're trying to put together. You're trying to put these pieces together. And in a weird way, some of the things that have happened to me have been paranormal, have been spiritual. And even when my mother passed away, I I lost both my parents. So it was very difficult losing both of them. But the day my mother passed away, I held these three lights in my hand. And I don't, I can't explain that. But I know what I had, I was holding in my hand, and my wife was there at that time, too, and I said, you see them, and she said she didn't, but she felt them. There's lots of things that happen to people, and, you know, like, I don't know if it's a frequency or a vibration, but there's something about my experience that I know that it's part of, like, this weird journey that I'm on in my own life that I can't, I want to try to make... I want to try and find validation for the things that are happening in my life. And the Bigfoot thing is just one more thing that's happened, that strange things that happen in my life. Do do you, Jamie, do you think Sasquatch is paranormal, or do you think it's more of a physical entity, another uh, creature of the woods? I think it's a creature of the woods only because I saw what I saw going uh-huh. straight away from me. I, I, that That's physical. But I know that... Um, I ghost hunt, my wife and I both ghost hunt at a place called Hillview Manor in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, and actually we're there right now. But I know that the paranormal world, there are things there that you cannot explain. I mean, I could be in a room and hold up four fingers and say to a recorder, how many fingers am I holding up? And you'll hear a voice that comes across the recorder that'll maybe not say four, but I had it one time say, I see four. Or we'll say the Lord's Prayer and we'll sit, we'll stop and let the recorder, it'll come back and finish what we didn't say. So I know that there's things out there that you can't explain in that sense. But the Bigfoot thing, I know that what we saw was, what I saw was physical and my friend Roger. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know. And and I'm very open. So I don't discount, I don't discount any theory. I don't discount somebody that says it could be ET. I don't know because no one really does know. Well, with your research now, I mean, who do you work with, and and you you speak of like uh, you find value in in staying in a certain area, and uh, especially when you have an encounter in a specific area, you know, researching the area. Uh, do you travel a lot? Do you stay in the same area, and and who do you work with, and and obviously we know your goals. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, I'm open to work with anyone. Um, I primarily work with my wife and our friend Sparky and. Um, there's a cryptozoological group not far from us, uh, Brian Seach and his wife, Terry Seach. And I think they're well-known in um, Pennsylvania. They're probably well-known in the cryptozoological world. Um, It's just kind of strange, but I mean, like we went to the Ohio Bigfoot Conference and we made friends with a lot of people. So I like to listen to other people's things, what they have to say. And I don't, you know, I don't make fun of people for their thoughts and I, I would hope they wouldn't with me either. And I'm just open to whatever they have to say. And it might be why I continue to have the experiences that I have in my life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What other stuff What other stuff have you, I mean, 
so how long did have you been researching the subject and and you know have you found anything else i mean have you found impressions tracks uh anything else that stick out in your mind yes my wife and i have found um prints um we have photographs of them that we photographed but at the time we didn't have casting stuff and and i'm not like we're fairly not new i mean we're new to this so we're not like I don't have mm-hmm. casting stuff with me all the time. But we found right. something at the Climate Tuning Reservoir, which is further north, like between where we're at and Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, lots of tracks. And, you know, you, you look at other people's research, like you look at the st- tree structures and stuff, and you can you can look at that, and it could be very arbitrary. I don't know. But we really are looking for stuff in our own area that looks different, that appears different tracks. And we found we have found stuff. And we've had people come forward with their own um, tracks that we've looked at. And pretty much we're just listening to our local people, like what we have around here. Because if you're going to put a puzzle together, it's going to be in the area that where you had your experience. Do you now subsequently take out recording equipment for vocals and stuff? You know, because obviously you were ill-prepared, obviously, not a researcher or... We're not, we're not expecting experienced sounds. Uh, do you take out audio equipment uh, as of now? I do, yes. Yes, I usually have audio equipment with me. And uh, Honestly, there's a recorder that um, I don't know if they use it in the Bigfoot world, but they do use it in the paranormal world, and it's called a Panasonic DR60, and it's mm-hmm. a recorder that is um, highly coveted in the paranormal world. And even using it here at Hillview Manor, that the voices that you get on the recorder, your voice can come across like your voice, but something paranormal will come across at a different frequency. And I don't know, I haven't used it with Bigfoot research, but I would imagine it would be the same way. It, they they may come off at a different frequency. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's something to look into if, you're, if, if you want to try a recorder and you're thinking that Bigfoot might be paranormal. It's called a Panasonic DR60. And the person that um, found out that it was actually being used for paranormal investigations and it was paranormal was doctors and lawyers because they would be recording whatever they were recording and they would say these other voices kept coming across. And then there was a man in Finland that had recorded, he was recording bird noises and he heard his dead mother's voice come across the recorder. So they knew that there was something with that recorder and they've, I think we've contacted Panasonic to see if they would remake it and, they said that they wouldn't. So if you're going to, if you get a recorder that's a Panasonic DR60, it's going to be a used one. Gotcha. So Jamie, what, on the so you on the audio, if you have recorders out, what what is your? Have you gotten anything on um, in recording? How, no. I mean, how often do you record? No, honestly, I have gotten zero of anything that I would consider to be Bigfoot. I mean, every mostly everything that I've heard around our area has been like owls or coyotes. I've I've never gotten anything that I would be like super excited and say that's Bigfoot. Okay, and, I, and when, I'm sorry. What what was it? When was your encounter? What what year? Um, it was when my father died. When did my dad die? Oh, 2010, 2000, okay. 2009 or 2010. What time of the year, or what time? What month? Um, it was um, it was in September, which is like coming up here, September, and it was um, basically it would be getting dark around seven o'clock here. So we our experience happened right at dusk, and it was getting dark. So it was definitely a challenge to get out of the woods before 
it really got dark. Yeah, and with the sighting, and with the sighting, you know, on the second part of your your encounter, uh, you know, with the sighting portion of it with your buddy, uh, you know, did you see the hair color, uh, or could you guesstimate, you know, estimate a, a possible height on this thing or anything like that? Well, it was in a, at a ravine, so you, we were looking down on it. So it it kind of looked smaller, like it would look smaller. But I knew that it was large because of where the um, thick brush was, because when we walked down there, it would probably be maybe two and a half feet taller than I am, and I'm like 5'10". Mm-hmm. So it, it was large. And its movement. Oh, the, the color, the color oh, it, was, yeah. it was more yeah. of a black and gray color. It was like a black and gray color. And so, I mean, okay, well, that's what I was going to ask you was, I mean, did anything about it seem known to you? I mean, did it seem like a bear or, uh, you know, I'm not really familiar with the area. Obviously, you have bear and deer out there. I'm not sure about elk, Uh, but uh, anything out there, I mean, it it definitely stood out to you guys. I mean, and it apparently stood up and walked away. I mean, it seemed bipedal. It was bipedal, yeah, and it, it, it moved very quickly. So just to go down into that area to know how quickly it moved, and when we got down there, there's no way we couldn't even move through there as quickly as it did, you know. And I'm not even saying that's Bigfoot. I don't know. It could be that could be a misidentification, but it. I don't know very many things that walk on two feet that go straight away from you as quickly as it did. Right. It, you know, and I appreciate that that you you're not coming out screaming that you absolutely 100% saw a Sasquatch or that your your vocalization that you heard that you felt. Uh, was a Sasquatch. You know, you, you're not uh, saying that whatsoever. You're you're, you're coming no. across going, this is nothing I've experienced before in an area that I know well and have been out and in. And uh, um, but this, you know, between both occurrences, uh, and you found a similarity with the Ohio howl with your vocalization, and then with the the sighting. I mean, with uh, someone pra- you know uh, trained to be a, a game commissioner. Uh, you know, uh, th- that's pretty fascinating to me that, you know, and the possibilities, uh, you know, what are they? Yeah. I mean, would you like to talk to my wife, too? She's here. Well, I, you know, throw throw her on. You know, I'd love to hear what she felt uh, with the vocalization. You know, obviously she wasn't there for the, the sighting. But, uh, yeah, I mean, love to talk to her about what she felt and, and her experience with the, the, the vocal. Okay. I'm going to hand it over. Her name's Jenny. All right. Hey. Thanks, Jamie. Hi, I'm Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Uh, you know, th- thank you for joining us. You know, uh, we've been talking to your, your husband here and, uh, you know, pretty c- compelling stuff in a lot of ways. Uh, what was your experience with the, the, the vocalization and, and the way your dog behaved at the uh, the original uh, time that you guys heard stuff? Oh, yeah, like my, you know, like Jamie said, when we walked down... When we were hiking, um, Harley, you know, that's our beagle, her name's Harley, she is always out front because, you know, she likes smelling the ground and she likes being out front. And she started acting weird, like up by our feet and jumping up on our legs. And I'm like, what's the matter with her? She's never, she never does that. And she wanted picked up. So, you know, we, we picked her up. Well, I think it was Jamie picked her up. And um, right after he picked her up is when we heard the vocalization. And I'm just thinking in my head, what the, you know, was that? You know, to, you know, I was just like, it, it, and it did vibrate. Like, you could feel it in your chest. 
because it was just yeah, how mean, loud it was. Right, and and describe that feeling in your chest. I mean, you, you felt it and you heard it. I mean, describe that feeling in your chest. I mean, what what was that physically? How did that feel to you? Um, I would say, you know how you're hearing, like, really loud music in the bass is really loud? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's kind of how it felt. Like, you, you could feel it. It was like a vibration. Like, you could feel it. Yeah, like a vibration. I mean, you felt it. And w- w- were you scared once you felt it? I mean, were you scared, or was that something that you're, you know, you're just kind of uh, in awe of? Um, I, I guess you could say you were pretty much in awe. <laughs> you, I was a little mm-hmm. scared, though, too, because I didn't know, I had no idea what that was. And like Jamie said, it was like almost like, it did almost kind of sound like a dinosaur, like, you know, like the siren sound. Um, but, yeah, we've never, I've never heard anything like that out in, you know, the woods before. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, what, what the heck could that be? Right. You know, did you did you feel compelled to leave, or did you want to stick around? <laughs> no, I yeah, I did want to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, you know, to be in that that spot in that location to hear something of that nature. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I won't I won't call it fight or flight, but you, you felt compelled that you should probably it, something unfamiliar to you, and. Uh, it, you felt, you know, the the necessity to leave the area. Yeah, you, yeah, you're pretty much like, oh, okay, we should probably go now. <laughs> and have you experienced anything, you know, uh, since? You know, uh, I mean, are you do you actively go out with Jamie? Uh, you know, as he researches and uh, from time to time, uh, have you experienced anything else, or have you guys have you talked to anybody else that's experiencing anything like this? Oh, yeah, Jamie and I go hiking quite a bit, and, um, you know, like he has said that, you know, we interview people that have had experiences, and um, it's it's pretty interesting how many people in the area, around the area where we do live, have had experiences. Um, it's pretty amazing, because before we had our first experience, we'd never would have thought anything like this happened in this area. Like we, you know, I don't right. know. Like, it, it, <laughs> yeah, you just, you, yeah, it never even crossed our minds. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, where, where does your thought process process go? I mean, do you, do you think that these things are really out there or do you think there's a possibility or, or, you know, you know, what are your thoughts on that? No, I I do think that they are out there. Um, you know, I I'm pretty open-minded, so you know, I I you know, I have to say that there's, you know, a lot of people in this area that are closed-minded and that don't believe in a lot of different things, but you know, like Jamie said we do ghost hunting and you know, so we're we're pretty open-minded. We're so yeah. I mean, especially after the experiences we've had and listening to other people and the experiences that they've had, how can how can you not? How can you not yeah. think of the possibility that there is such a thing as Bigfoot? Yeah. Well, what about, uh, you know, uh, we're getting close to the ending of the show here, but what, what, uh, what are your family, I mean, uh, 
what does your family specifically, your immediate family, think of this subject? Is it something you guys discuss, you know, uh, or talk about, or is it something you kind of, uh, it's, you know, under the table, not really discussed? <laughs> well, we do, we do talk about it um, with, you know, like my mom and dad and stuff. And, um, you know, my mom is more open. Um, my dad is not. <laughs> uh. <laughs> my, my dad thinks that, you know, we're crazy. Right. But, um, you know, my dad doesn't believe in ghosts either, but I keep letting him, you know, bring him ghost hunting, and I want something to happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm so glad you guys joined us this evening and, and shared your experiences, encounters, and your thoughts and opinions. And uh, and uh, hope to have you guys back on the show sometime uh, down the road. You know, if you guys have anything else happen or experience anything else, uh, please do join us. You know, uh, and, and once again, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Shane. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, uh, you guys, you guys rock, and uh, it takes a lot to join some of these shows. That, you know. Um, to to talk about these experiences, <clears throat> especially when it comes to encounters and stuff, you know, because you're you're putting you're a little bit of a you know neck on the line there, and but uh, you know, uh, it it is what it is, as I said earlier, and uh, just want to really thank you guys for for sharing your experiences and stuff, and good luck in the future. Yeah, thank you, and good luck to you too with your show here. Yeah, thank uh, you. Yeah, appreciate Thanks, it, guys. guys. Thank you so much. Well, Gunner, we had uh, you know two uh, you know two two individuals or three individuals you know shared their 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 encounters here, uh, and uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I you know I I don't see the the it's interesting because when um, Jamie's wife I, and I her name is escaping me I'm when Jamie's wife was talking about, you know, the Jurassic Park thing, both of them mentioned mm-hmm. that and and the vibration that, you know, the that you could actually feel the the uh, vocalization in your chest and stuff. That's that's I've not experienced that I uh the I know that um we've had members of our group in our research area that have heard some vocalizations that they actually felt. And right. uh it was really interesting for me when she was talking about um, the bass, the sound of the bass, because Larry and I yeah. had an, an experience. And it's funny, it's because Larry has referred to it as the Jurassic Park night. Um, <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't, yeah, I was like, um, now I didn't see water, you know, shake, and and I did not feel anything that like reverberated. But it was just a really weird. Um, and it was interesting because Jamie's wife was talking about one, what the heck is that? And that was my total experience when we were having that is like, uh, and it was a very base, like somebody had the base turned up in their car. Um, I didn't feel the ground shake or anything like that, but, but it was like such a weird, um, but that was just, that's how I describe it. it and when I was experiencing it, I was thinking it may, and I even at one point thought that that's what it was, is that somebody was driving around, you know, and, and had their base turned way up in their car. Um, I changed my opinion of, of that changed when, um, we were going down the trail and it moved, you know, the, it was 
definitely not on a road anymore. It would have been uh, on the trail above us. Um, so, and um, so that's interesting. You know, Dave's. I like I said, I've I've spoken to Dave at length about his encounter, and he's just real. I mean, he's very down to earth. Be no reason for him to you know uh, to fabricate in his encounter, and just just to, one of those things that you know, right place, right time, and and the right conditions that. Uh, it would have been really easy if, if things hadn't gone. Things had to go just so in his encounter for him to actually see it and identify it as a Bigfoot. But um, when yeah. the, the light shine shine down on it and he could see his face and the like, his his first impression, you know, is just what people go through. Is we first people when they see something, they first try to make it something that they know. So he first thought, oh, it's a guy. There's a guy out there, right. which you know, right. really didn't make sense that a guy would be sitting out. I mean, that would have really been coincidental if there was two loggers out there, you know, both taking care of business, sitting facing each other. But, but it was obviously not a another person. At some point, he, you know, uh, mm-hmm. his brain caught up to what he was seeing, and and uh, he was seeing the long hair, and then of course it yeah. got up and walked away, and. Uh, it's funny because it, it, you always, when you talk to people about their encounters more than once, you always get more detail. Because he was talking today about how much sound he made, you know, and that he was really compelled to get to not hang around. Um, yeah, yeah. And well, the same thing with reason too. Being, yeah. <laughs> well, when you realize, you know, you're alone uh, with your ass literally hanging out in the woods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that. You're, you know, that that's a little bit of a, and plus you think about somebody who's been in the woods their whole life, and was open to the possibility, and then it, and then it actually walks, you know, shows up in in front of you. Got to be a a, a change, a, a weird change to go through because, and, and to go back out in the woods after that, and like, man, there are those things are out here, and how, and like he was talking about, he's. You know, he's wondered now how many times he's been he's been actually being watched, and uh, they're there in the woods all the time. I mean, so it would make sense that that they they are watching what we do when we're out in the woods. When and and loggers would be no exception to that. I mean, that you know they're in there actually uh, removing part of their habitat. So right. Um, Yeah, I I just found, you know, Dave's encounter very fascinating because, like you had mentioned, you know, um, his first description was, you know, or or idea was, oh, there's another, there's someone else out here. And he had locked eyes with this thing and it was the eyes. You know, he's like, oh, there's someone else out here. And then when it stood up or whatever, you know, he saw the hair. He's like, wait a minute, this isn't human. And that is, that is, how many times have I heard that before? I don't know. So many times. Oh, I think it's human. Uh, and then, uh, you know, because of the shape and everything else, and then, you know, they realize when this thing stands up or walks away or takes off with the hair, whoa, it's 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 another uh, human being, a person right there. It's something else. And, uh, of course, I mean, come on. Uh, I, I hate when people claim that, you know, they're going to go chase this thing. Rarely happens. Uh, you're, you're, your mind is blown. You realize that you've seen something that shouldn't be there. 
You know, look at this. You know, Dave been out. You know, uh, uh, you know, his whole life logging, uh, being a truck driver, and never seen anything like this. And then, bam, right in front of your face. There mm-hmm. it is. What is it? Uh, okay, uh, it's not supposed to be there. This is nothing I I uh, recognize. Um, that, and I've heard that from hunters, and you name it. You know, people oh, yeah. that spend a lot of time in the woods. You know, I, I always, you know, you, the argument is, well, I've spent my whole life in the woods, and I've never seen a Sasquatch. I've never come <laughs> across anything. And then, but you know, when the, these people that have done the same have this experience, they're like, wow. You know, so I, I that that argument to me, uh, you know, you spent your whole life in the woods. Well, you just not been the right place at the right time, you know, and maybe you should go out there and, and take a dump. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah, one no. way. Yeah, yeah no, but I mean, way, it, but, you know. but the thing is, is uh, you know, the more that you go out in the woods, the more op- opportunity. Obviously, if you're in downtown Portland, Oregon, or a large city, your chances of seeing a, a, a real Sasquatch are, are just about zero. So, I mean, you have to go into their yeah. environment, and the more times that you're, more time you spend out there, and um, if you're doing it with the the idea that you're going to be looking, paying attention to things that could be uh, Bigfoot related, um, you know. Right. I mean, there's a, these occurrences are that rare. Right. I mean, you're 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 even though you were already interested in the the subject before you had your experience, your experience mm-hmm. didn't happen when you were bigfooting. It happened when you were fishing. So no, something I I think about all the time, and and actually uh, introduce into my research is uh, I don't jump on board and and do knocks or howls or or any of that stuff. Most time I'm observing. Uh, what's around me? I'm observing. I'm looking, um, but I'm not acting anything less than just a a, a camper, someone that's out there fishing or hiking. Um, you know, as, as as much as I can. You know, obviously I'm, I'm observing what's around me. I'm looking for impressions, uh, anything I could find. Same time, I'm not. You know, not that I don't do howls on occasion or or calls or knocks. Those are usually the last on my list. I'm usually just observing, and that's, I mean, that's where you get, uh, how many researchers, I mean, really, that are truthful, uh, actually have had a sighting uh, while out researching, or have had, an, uh, you know, stuff happen that, that cannot be explained. Not many. Uh, I'm sure there's a few out there that, you know, things have taken place, but um, most of the time, it's, it's you're just in the right place at the right time, doing ordinary things. Um, you know, and, and, and people hate that because as a researcher, well, you want to be like, well, I'm, I'm a researcher, so I have, you know, I'm thinking like a researcher, so I should experience <laughs> these things and, and I can portray them and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, truth be told, it's average people doing average things that get these encounter, these chance encounters, these, these chance experiences. Um, and that's shown time and time again that, uh, when, when you, when you're, you know, just out there doing the norm, um, if you were not even thinking about Sasquatch, uh, it was on your brain. You, you might, you know, in the right place, the right time, might have an encounter. And so, uh, fortunately for myself, you know, that has been the experience. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is no, what I, it is. I mean, I, it is what it is. I'm, I'm uh, hoping to move through the, you know, 
through the doorway from the are they to what are they. But uh and and you know, it just it you just gotta put yourself out there and, and uh I hate to say I think it's it's uh not uh it the vast majority of, of reports come from people that weren't out there as a Bigfoot researcher. They were out there as a hunter, a hiker, uh, a logger on occasion, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you doing stuff in the woods. They're out in. So if you, you want to, you know, increase your, your, your chances of having a Bigfoot encounter, you have to go out in the woods, uh, I'm right. pretty sure that you're not going to run into big a, a real Bigfoot in on Facebook. So right, and as a researcher, you got to look at all aspects of of what you're researching, you know, and look at what other people are experiencing and seeing. And so, you got to approach it uh, from different angles. You know, I'm not saying you know as a researcher, you know, I'm not saying you you don't know. You know, I I think if the longer you do research, both online, reading books, being out in the field you get a better grasp of what you're looking for. Um, and so when you're looking for in impressions, you know, or, or tracks, you know, you, you learn to identify what is a bear, what is a cougar, what is a double-step bear track, a human impression, and, and you're practicing all those techniques. That makes you a better researcher. Um, mm-hmm. But to go out and just do what you see on TV or uh, whatnot, you know, chances are, I mean, to get a knock, from, you know, you knock and you hear something knock back. Yeah, you know, it could be interesting. could not be. Uh, it's it's those times when I'm out in the woods that, you know, and especially when I'm out pretty far that I get a knock without me solicitating it, not doing anything, that I my, my interest peaks. Um, or a vocal, you know. And if I hear a vocal, I don't... <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily go out and do another vocal. I wait and hear it. There's a reason that thing vocaled, whatever it was... You know, and I try to take it in, you know, recording it in the whole nine. But uh, as a researcher, you know, I think um, you got to humble yourself a little bit and realize that this is a field that uh, nothing's been proven yet, and uh, your approach may be the wrong approach at times. So it's something to look at and, uh, and humble yourself and and uh, and uh, realize that you could be doing things wrong if you're going out there, you know, uh, knocking or calling or. Whatnot, you know. Sometimes you just gotta take in nature and uh, just put yourself out there, like you said. Very good. Well, that's about, yeah. about all the time that we have for the show uh, this week. We got a uh, an interesting show coming up next week with uh, Tom Boyd, who actually is the webmaster for the Zodiac Killer website, and we're going to yes. talk to Tom about about uh, uh, how uh, you know the the 411 idea that maybe maybe those aren't uh, are aren't uh, Bigfoot. Maybe they're related to um, serial killers and Tom's expertise in the Zodiac. So um, next week's program is actually going to be uh, human monsters in the search of Zodiac killer. So join us next uh, Sunday, 4 p.m. Pacific, and uh, right here at www.blocktalk dot com slash nxr thanks everybody for coming we'll we'll, uh, catch you next week until then keep it squatchy